This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Hello, this is Let's Talk About Myths, baby. Dear nerds, Happy New Year. Welcome to 2019 CE. It's 1,940 years after the eruption of Mount Vesuvius, which covered Pompeii and Herculaneum in ash and poisonous gas. But lucky for us and not them, preserved one of the most incredible civilizations ever to exist. And in such a way that today we can see it almost exactly for what it was. It's 2,795 years after the first Olympics, 2,423 years after the end of the Peloponnesian War, 2,509 years after the Battle of Marathon and the naming of that length of run after one guy ran from Marathon to Athens to let everyone know that the battle was won. Dude died right after he said it, but hey, now he's just a little bit famous. Though not as famous as the city he ran from, but what can you do? The point is, it's a new year, and happy new year to you all! It's also a new month, and with that, a new zodiac sign. Mini-myth, zodiac constellations, Capricorn, who is really just a sea goat. Today's constellation myth brings us way, way back, back to before Zeus overthrew his father, Kronos. The titan, Kronos, is famous for castrating his own father as a means of defeating him and tossing the leftover bits into the sea. It was, you remember, very pleasant and lovely. 
After this, Kronos learned that he, too, was destined to be overthrown by one of his children, just as he had done to his father, Uranus. But, unlike his father, Kronos didn't intend to go quietly. So to solve this problem of having to wait patiently to be inevitably overthrown by his own child, Kronos decided it would be simple. He just wouldn't let any of his children survive. Easy peasy. Of course, one might think another solution could have been, don't have children. But Greek gods do love sex, and it seems there wasn't really any mythological means of birth control, so that wasn't an option. Instead, Kronos decided he would just eat each of his children as soon as they'd been birthed by his wife and sister, Rhea. And so, Rhea gave birth first to Hestia, and Kronos ate her. Yum, yum, yum. Next, Demeter and Hera, both of whom he gobbled down happily. Then Hades, then Poseidon, all eaten. Finally, Rhea was getting a little bit annoyed. Not exactly sure why it took her five children being eaten before she became a little perturbed, but there you have it. Finally, she was over it. And so, when she gave birth to Zeus next, she didn't pass him over to her husband to be eaten, as she had with all her other children. No, this time she tricked him. She gave him a rock to eat in place of the baby, which he swallowed in one bite, finishing it off with a chef's kiss, I like to imagine. Meanwhile, Rhea took Zeus down to Earth, and she placed him in a cave on Crete, where he'd be looked after by a goat, who appears to also be a nymph in some way, and anthropomorphized in some other way and her name is Amalthea. Through the nurturing of Amalthea, Zeus grew up to be the strong-willed jackass that we know and love slash hate, and eventually went on to defeat his father and free his siblings from Kronos's apparently very hospitable stomach. And in the end, Zeus was so grateful for the love and care of Amalthea that he placed her in the stars as the goat constellation Capricorn. That is the story I was able to find that fully explains how Capricorn got into the sky. However, most imagery of the constellation and most references after call it the sea goat, that is, a half goat and half fish. The story of Amalthea doesn't really account for the sea goat aspect, unless you think that's the nymph part of her, but I'm not convinced. There are also many stories that note a god by the name of Pricus, who was indeed the king of the so-called sea goats, a race of half-goat, half-fish creatures who lived in the sea near the shore and were able to also travel on land where they turned into regular goats. Pricus, it appears, was connected to Kronos, the one with the CH, the one that's the god of time. However, that story of Pricus I could only find on a couple of websites that appeared to only use each other as sources, Wikipedia included, so instead... I went with the Amalthea version because that actually appears in books that were, you know, researched through actual mythology. That's not to say Pricus isn't found in a myth, but I couldn't find him, and I have a hell of a lot of books on mythology. If any of you can find a reputable mythological text that references Pricus and the sea goats, please send it my way, because boy, do sea goats sound interesting. Regardless of the origin of Capricorn, though, the Horn of Plenty, the Cornucopia, certainly comes into play. 
One of the horns of the sea goat, that is Capricorn, was transformed into the horn of plenty, which is always filled with all the food and drinks its possessor could ever want or need. Sounds appropriate for the holiday season. Today, friends, I have a special bonus portion of the episode. You see, as many of you saw from my social media posts last week, I managed to lose the entire episode I'd written that was supposed to drop on New Year's Day. It sucked, and I wasn't in any kind of mood to try to rewrite it after the tears and frustration of losing it, so you all missed out, and I'm sorry. So instead, now I give you that episode that is a taste of what's to come. Starting soon, I'll begin an episodes-long series— They won't happen consecutively, because honestly, it's my most ambitious decision yet in terms of research that's required. So when I'm able to devote that much extra time, I will, and the episodes will come when they come, mixed in with the standard myth episodes that I promise will still be coming weekly. Last episode, we discussed a particularly awful action of Apollo. But, dear friends and listeners, even the most awful actions of the Greek gods must sometimes be overlooked to really examine their characters and the concepts they're related to. So I ask you now to forgive Apollo his indiscretions with Asclepius's mother while I prepare you for the upcoming series on the most incredible and most important contribution that Apollo made to the entire civilization of the ancient Greeks. See, Zeus may have been the king of the gods, But there's an argument to be made that, regardless of that title, it wasn't Zeus who was the most powerful and influential in the ancient world. It was, I would argue, Apollo. And that is because of a certain sisterhood of mystics. This is the bonus introduction to the upcoming series, The Most Powerful Woman in the World, The History and Mythology of the Oracle of Delphi. The Oracle of Delphi is nestled into the mountainside of Mount Parnassus, overlooking the Gulf of Corinth and the isthmus that connects the Peloponnesian Peninsula to mainland Greece. On this spot is the center of the universe, the navel of the world. This is where the most powerful person in the entire Greek world presided over her subjects, the whole of the Greek civilization. This person wasn't a king or a priest or even a god, She was an oracle, the supposed mouthpiece for the god Apollo, and, truly, the most powerful person there was. She had the power to win wars and take down empires. She had the power to depose kings and ruin families. She, she, she. By 1600 BCE, worship had started at the site of ancient Delphi, making it a site from the late Bronze Age. We're talking the time of the Mycenaeans and the Minoans, some of the earliest Greek civilizations. There's evidence that back then, and even earlier, the Greeks didn't worship Zeus and the other Olympians. They didn't worship men at all. They worshipped a form of Gaia, a female earth mother goddess. It's even believed that this was probably who was originally worshipped at Delphi in addition to throughout much of that Greek world during that period. 
Female goddess figurines were found throughout, suggesting that way, way, way back, before the patriarchy was able to take its stranglehold on the Western world, the brilliant Greeks worshipped women, the givers of life. Throughout covering this series, I'll be using a book I've been reading, which is giving me a fascinating insight into the history and mythology of ancient Delphi. It's called The Oracle, Ancient Delphi and the Science Behind Its Lost Secrets by William J. Broad. He's a science reporter who followed researchers to the site of Delphi as they tried to sort out the science behind her often apt predictions. In this case, we're talking the real predictions of the Oracle, rather than those I've covered in this podcast, which were mythological. In the history of ancient Greece, the Oracle is said to have provided some of the most important and consequential prophecies, both in times of war and peace. Of course, I'll also be referring to a number of other sources, and we'll be telling you all about some of these very real predictions and how they turned out. We'll cover everything I can possibly find about the Oracle, the most powerful woman in the ancient world. Thank you all for listening to this, the next episode in the Constellation series, and the introduction to the new Oracle series I'm super excited about. I'm looking forward to 2019 bringing some really exciting things for me personally and for this podcast. Thank you all so much for being with me on this journey. If you're a new listener, welcome. If you've been around for a while, thanks for staying. It's crazy to me that I've been doing this for a year and a half now, and I couldn't be happier with how it's grown and how wonderful all my listeners are. Thank you, and I'll be back next week with the beginning of one of my absolute favorite stories from Greek mythology. It starts with a certain ruinous leader of the Greeks during the Trojan War, and what exactly happens to him when he arrives home after that long decade away. I'm Liv, and I love you all and this shit. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do, too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu.
Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.